Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia is going to be sharing an article with us. So before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about the article that you have selected? This one's a really fun one, or at least I think it's a really fun one. Um, It's about mindfulness interventions and how they can help promote work-life balance. Um, So basically, long story short, everyone can benefit from mindfulness, but some people get a little special boost from it. And I'll explain what, who those people are as we go through the article. That is extremely exciting. <laughs> we have talked before about our, um, I know that we've talked before about uh, some of the benefits of mindfulness. And so this is a topic of interest to us for sure. Um, but we also have uh, spent some time talking about work and life, um, which I know this has implications for. Uh, so this is sort of like a combo of topics that we both enjoy and also have talked about on the podcast before. So it's like colliding two worlds. Yes, it really is. It's like a mushing up of these two spaces that we love, which is important because we need to know how these things all interact. So I thought it was a really fun article and I'll see what you think. Yeah, that's awesome. Very, very exciting. Um, So before we get into your article, how are you doing? How's the week going? Things are What's good. been happening in your life? Yeah, what's going on in my life? So this weekend was pretty chill. We didn't do much. And then this coming weekend, um, we are going to like Arrowhead, which is like a two-ish hour drive from where I live. Um, so it's like in the mountains here in the LA area. And uh, going with my family. So like my parents and my sister and her boyfriend. Uh, so it's gonna be really fun. I'm excited. We're gonna do a little getaway. And we we basically so birthdays are really important in my family. And so we basically postponed in quotes birthdays this year, since at the beginning of the year, especially we couldn't really do much with COVID. So we decided that we we're gonna do this trip. And we're all gonna go. And we're gonna celebrate all of our birthdays over the weekend. So each day, so we have it's we're really only there for, I think we're there for four, one, two, whatever, four nights, I think. <laughs> and yeah. but we're there for three full days, and so each day belongs to a couple, if you will. So like, oh, that's so yeah. Nice. So like Friday, since Danny and I, our birthdays are early in the year, so we're the first ones to go. Then my sister and Jason, and then my parents, um, and then each of our days, we get to decide what we want to do, what we want to eat. So that's awesome. So what are you going to do on your day? (laughs) Yeah, my day is going to be like lake day. Like we're going on a boat on the lake and we'll probably hang out on the beach too. So we're, we're doing the water day. My sister picked a game day. So Mm. they're, they want to play like beer pong and cornhole and they've got like all these games they want to play. And then my parents picked a lot of drinking. So we're going to do a <laughs> vodka day. <laughs> well, there's a brewery nearby, so we'll do that. And then there's also like a little wine bar. So we might do that in the evening. So um, yeah, so it should be really fun. I'm excited. That is very exciting. Well, that sounds like a really good idea. So did you and Danny automatically agree on what you wanted to do on your day? Or was there, did you just like, you both had the same vision for your day? <laughs> we... It was pretty easy. Danny doesn't care, basically. He's like, chill, we'll do whatever. <laughs> um, I had him look 
at the menu of the restaurants I chose to confirm that he was okay with those. And there we go. That was that was his input. And he I mean, he definitely would like go on a boat and do all that kind of stuff. Like he loves that kind of stuff too. So it fits, but he didn't really he wasn't like very opinionated about it. <laughs> right. Which was nice. Well, that's lovely. Yeah. I'm very glad to hear it. Um, that sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. So exciting. I'm excited. What about you? How are you doing? What's going on with you? I'm good. I am about to go to Boston tomorrow to visit a co-author so we can finish a project that we've been working on forever and we just wanted to get (laughs) it done. So we thought it would be easier for us to just be in the same place. And since we haven't been able to do that since before COVID, uh, we were like, all right, let's get together and get that done. So I'll be there for the next couple days. And then um, when we get back, our friend is going to be here. And uh, the next day um, I will be headed to the Finger Lakes for a week. Which will be very nice. Yeah. So um, we're going with some friends and we have a lake house rented. And um, on Sunday, we're doing this like wine wagon where we have like a van that picks us up and drives us to different wineries. Um, So that'll be really fun. We're going to do that. Um, And we have like some nice dinner reservations, but mostly it's just like the house is right on the lake and it has like a little beach area. So they have like beach chairs set up and, um, and it has a a waterfall on it. Oh, how cute. I know. I thought it was so cute. So so I'm really excited about that. So yeah, that'll be, that'll be really fun. And I'm trying to, everybody's trying to make sure that we, you know, take some actual time off so we're not working very much while we're there um and just trying to actually like disconnect a little bit so I think that will be very nice that'll be awesome it's funny that we're both doing lake trips I know that's kind of random right (laughs) yeah it is I feel like um the original rationale for us picking this because we planned it a long time ago actually was like we wanted something driving distance because we weren't sure like what the scene would be in terms of like planes and I'm still happy that we're doing this because you know I would have been like if it was someplace where we had to like fly and like we had all these plans for going to different places and doing different stuff I would be like kind of worried like oh what if something changes in the middle of when we're there or what you know what I mean right um so I am kind of happy that we're still doing something that's like a little more like local and more like based on the house um which it sounds like you guys are doing too like Mm kind of laying low um but uh but yeah I actually um love the finger lakes and we've been there a few times so uh it it's pretty it's like a pretty nice chill vacation I think maybe we both were in the same headspace being like ah, it's been a stressful time maybe we should just go someplace it's like easy to get to low stress in terms of planning and you just like go hang out yeah I think we were in the same headspace and the same idea like what if something changes and we can't travel the same way and I mean honestly the delta variant is kind of a monstrosity right now so right even for those of us that are vaccinated it's not like we can't get it so we might as well right be safe so it kind of worked out because these I think I would have been more stressed out if we had planned something different and had to travel or had to you know whatever whatever that looked like um it would have been more stressful for me than just doing this lake house thing so I think it'll be really fun it's funny that we're both doing lakes we had talked about like my family had talked about like let's fly to Montana and get like a cabin or something and yeah while that's still relatively isolated you know I did fly relatively recently and I'm not 
I'm not interested in having my parents go through that yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, my parents came to visit for a night this weekend and um, we got dinner reservations at uh, two for a restaurant for dinner and a restaurant for brunch. And they ended up putting us outside for both of them. And I was like, oh, it's kind of a shame because they're actually really cute restaurants inside. So we didn't get to see the inside. And my parents haven't been here, so they didn't get to see at all. Like, you know, mm-hmm. just like our neighborhood you know the restaurants are cute and I was like oh it's kind of funny that they just like saw the sidewalk you know what I mean like sitting outside um but after they left we were like you know what I'm actually kind of happy because I just wouldn't want them to like get like some breakthrough case or something and have it be like our fault you know what Mm -hmm. I mean um so I was like actually I'm kind of glad that we were outdoors because it just feels a little bit better agreed when I'm bringing them someplace as opposed to us totally totally I agree with you so Anyways, lake houses for the win. Still being lake safe and ladies. cautious is good. <laughs> the lakely ladies. Lakely ladies. Yeah, I've never <laughs> been to the Finger Lake, so I'm very excited to see your posts and pictures and stuff. Yes, it's a party. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that'll be fun. Before we go on our lake trips, we should know a little bit about how mindfulness might help us to enhance <laughs> Our work and life experiences of, because we're going to have to balance, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Work and life. You're always looking (laughs) for that perfect transition. (laughs) And I never find it. (laughs) I feel like you do a good job. I think you're fine. I think you're fine. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But yes, so let's hear about your article. Yeah. So... This article, um, well, first let's start off with what it's called. It's called A Mindfulness Intervention Promoting Work-Life Balance, How Segmentation Preference Affects Changes in Detachment, Well-Being, and Work-Life Balance. And it's written by Althammer, Rice, Vanderbeek, Beck, and Michelle. And it was published in the Journal of Occupational and Organizational Psychology this year. So brand new. Beautiful. Yay. Okay, Yay. cool. So what's the... What's the overview? Yeah. So this study looked at a couple of different things. So we've talked about mindfulness before. Um, We'll link to other shows about mindfulness. We want to dig into that deeper. We've also talked about work-life balance before. So won't spend too much time digging into that either. Um, But one thing that's really important in this study is boundary theory. So boundary Mm -hmm. theory is basically about how people create boundaries between their different life domains. So kind of like the work-life grouping that we typically know of. Um, And some individuals prefer to segment. So what they call like high segmentation preference, or you can call them segmenters, people that do this. And that is basically where they prefer to kind of keep their life domains separate. So they don't like to have, you know, work mixed in with their life. So maybe like answering emails at night when they're supposed to be spending time with their family is not okay with them. They don't like a mix. And then other people favor more integration. So where they're more interested or more okay with the domains overlapping, meaning that work and life potentially fluidly work together right so maybe I'm in a meeting then I do laundry and I feel like we've talked about this in a lot of presentations we've done but I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast before yeah I think you're right we because we just did a presentation for Wellcoa where we discussed uh integrating and segmenting and 
I believe that we discussed this for a school district that we did a presentation for recently. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. We have not talked about this on the podcast from what I can remember. Yeah. And it's a really popular conversation point. I think a lot of people are interested in this idea of segmentation preference and how you prefer to let your work and your life work together. And the research around this area basically shows that if the way you prefer to work, if you're a segmenter or an integrator, if that isn't congruent or doesn't a match with the what you can do at your job, then you're more likely to have conflicts between your life and home and work domain. You're more likely mm. to feel like stress about the two and feel like you're out of balance. So it's actually important to try to find a match for where you fall. So if you really, really feel strongly that you should only work nine to five, don't want to work any other hours, and you don't want to do anything personal life related during that time, finding a way to do that is better for you. And then if you're an integrator and you really care about being fluid and flexible, finding a a place or job or what have you where you're able to do that is going to be better for you. Hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense uh, that the congruence would matter. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And we have also talked about this in presentations, but I don't think that we have mentioned it on the show. So both of us are integrators. Yes. Um, we like to be able to mix things together throughout the course of the day. And even after work, you know, what would be considered typical work hours are over. You know, I know both of us will do some work later in the evening, but also do some life stuff in the day. Um, And so that ability to sort of flex things around is really important. But like uh, Brendan is a segmenter. Like he really likes to, you know, be in the office from nine to five or eight to six or however long he's in there. And then when he's out, he likes to be done. Um, and you know, do his workout, make dinner, eat, and then like relax for the night. Um, and it's interesting that you're talking about the preferences because in his prior role, one of the things that I think was like most, um, like, or what, what made it not as going to match for him was because, uh, there would be a lot of like, oh, it's a Saturday and all of a sudden now someone needs you to, get on a call or it's a Thursday night at nine 30 and someone needs a response from you about something. Um, and so I think it was like, it didn't mesh well with that, um, uh, way of doing things, but there also were stretches in the day where there was not stuff for him to do, but like he would prefer not to be like, Oh, let me do life stuff during the time period where I have downtime during the day. So it was like, it was hard for him to like switch back and forth. And I think that was part of what made it not a good fit. That makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, he wasn't matched up. And it's so funny that the two of you are so different. Like, I already knew this, but I find it really funny because, I mean, well, A, it helps. It does help you because he's he's done with work and then he'll do things that help you be able to integrate, which is amazing. Makes dinner every day. Yeah. So that's fantastic. But it is, uh, it's funny. It's a funny match because, like, for me and Danny, like, we're both more integrators. So Mm -hmm. if we have time in the middle of the day, like, like there's literally been times where it's like, oh, we wanted to watch. Okay. Here comes like Marvel nerdness coming out. But like (laughs) the Loki show that was on recently, like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I keep hearing everyone talking about this Loki. Oh, so good. Anyways. Um, like there was, you know, it would come out like it comes out right at midnight or whatever. And 
we want to watch it as soon as we can but sometimes you know with work we can't but if i had like an hour break could be like hey let's have lunch and watch an episode of the show right right so we we do those kinds of things and we like to do them together so it would be funny to me if like he was just like super heads down during the no loki no lunches (laughs) no loki what would we do get out of here with your loki (laughs) (laughs) it's no time for loki yeah so Um, that's funny yeah yeah i feel like uh there's a lot of um there's a lot of uh benefits to having the same kind of arrangement because then you can like be in the same schedule but then like you said there's other benefits of like having a different schedule because he's basically free to do whatever during the evening time and so if I have stuff that I still have to get done during the evening time I don't have to worry about like dinner and other things trash I like never take out the trash Um, (laughs) and so like and obviously when I lived by myself I did all that stuff but it just like it makes more sense because um just the way that we do th- like I'm doing stuff for the house like I did laundry all day today or whatever so um but it's like we have we have different patterns so I think it's funny that that's coming out because that resonates a lot just on like a like an anecdotal level I feel like that's definitely true in our life that there's like a clear preference for both of us and that if we're in a job that doesn't allow for it it would mess us up exactly and I think it's also important to know that you know, you could be in the middle, right? You could be someone that likes a little bit of integration, but not a ton. So it's not like a, a strict, you're one or the other. So for you listening, if you're not 100% sure you feel like you kind of fall somewhere in the middle, that's totally reasonable. And then I think the other thing that's important to note is integrators don't necessarily mean like that they want more hours or more work, right? So it's not about the number of hours or the amount of work you do necessarily. It's about how you do it. So an integrator that's working 15 hour days, just because they don't mind working in the evening, that's still not okay. Like you're still exhausted mm-hmm. um, and you still have the the problems of overwork. But if you only work four hours in the middle of the day and then you work four hours later in the day, then they're fine with it. So that so there's an important distinction that it's not about the amount of work. It's just about mm-hmm. when the work is done. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because I would say both of us are willing to, you know, work long hours if we have to. But it's just like when um, and how those are structured is what is like we're a little less flexible around. Yeah, that's the integrator piece. But yes. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the important theory that I wanted to talk about and touch on because we haven't really discussed it before. Um, and so what I wanted to, so I wanted to talk about that and then just kind of dive into what they did. So one of the things that they're looking at is whether or not, like basically they're, the way they were conceptualizing this whole thing is if somebody practices mindfulness, how does that impact things like psychological detachment. So can you actually detach at the end of your day? Um, Whether or not you're experiencing work and home or life conflict, um, whether you're satisfied with your work-life balance. Um, And then they also looked at negative affect. So whether you're kind of in bad moods, let's say, (laughs) Mm, um, versus positive moods. So can mindfulness impact those things? And then they were talking about how In theory, it should because mindfulness can help you create some boundaries, but in a cognitive and emotional way, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're trying to disconnect from work, um, but work keeps creeping back into your mind, if you're more mindful, you can kind of, you know, 
recognize that thought and move on past mm-hmm. it, right? Yep. So they were thinking yep. with those boundaries of how you use mindfulness can really have an impact in terms of these different areas. And then they were curious. They didn't really have any good theory as to which type of person, a segmenter and integrator, would be impacted by mindfulness more. Hmm. And so they kind of were like, here's what we think is going to happen. But whether or not you're an integrator or segmenter, we're not sure. We'll see. Hmm. I'm curious about the solving of the mystery. (laughs) Yes, the mystery was solved. Um, So how they solved it, they used a diary study, which we've talked about before. And it was um, basically it was an experimental diary study. So what they did is they had people in two groups. So they had a a group of people that went through a mindfulness intervention. So they did basically like three modules of a mindfulness class um, over three weeks. And they asked them questions in this daily diary study um, every week during those three weeks. There was also a control group that got the intervention later. So they still got to take the class, but they didn't take it during the time of the study. So during the time of the study, they were just answering questions um, to these surveys, but not actually going through the class. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. So it's like a real intervention that they're doing here to see if, if practicing uh, mindfulness matters. Exactly. Yes. So they, awesome. that's cool. Yep. And they had like all these exercises they were supposed to be doing during the week and they're like three to five minute exercises, nothing crazy. Um, so they were able to kind of have them people go through these exercises and then ask them some questions. So what did they ask them? The first thing they did was they asked people about their segmentation preference. So are they an integrator or a segmenter? Um, and I'm going to link to the questions. So there's an article, Kreiner 2006, which I'll link to um, in the appendix. It actually has the questions. So if you're interested and you want to see the questions, you can go there. Um, but basically it's things like, I don't like to have to think about work while I'm at home, or I like to be able to leave work behind when I go home, things like that. Cool. That's so awesome. Yeah. So they were asking them that in the first survey, like the initial survey. And then every day they were asked questions around mindfulness. So things like today I find myself doing things without paying attention. Um, They asked things about psychological detachment. So like if after work hours you could distance yourself from work. Then they asked about work-family conflict. So whether when they were at home they were thinking more about work problems or, um, you know, if they had a lot of pressure at work, did they feel stressed at home, things like that. Um, then they just asked a simple question of how satisfied they are with their ability to balance the job and their personal or family life. Hmm. Um, and then asked them like some mood questions, nervous, irritated, depressed, etc. Cool. So negative mood, it sounds like. Negative mood. Yes. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. So the awesome. findings. You excited? <laughs> Drum roll. I am excited. <laughs> yes. So what happened? So what they found is that overall, a mindfulness intervention was good for everybody. So it led to higher psychological detachment. So that means people that went through the intervention that were practicing mindfulness after they were done with work were able to not think about work, right? They were able to actually like take that out of their mind and just be focused on the situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, it also led to a like less work-family conflict. Mm-hmm. And it led to higher satisfaction with work-life balance. Okay. Um, so mindfulness sort of positively impacted all those outcomes 
did like one lead to another that led to another or they just looked at like how so like it leads to detachment it leads to lower conflict it leads to higher satisfaction with the way the work and life is balanced but they didn't say like detachment leads to conflict or mindfulness leads to detachment leads to conflict it was like just a direct effect on those yep just a direct effect okay gotcha and cool. so they looked at that and great story but then when they looked at the segmentation preference so whether or not somebody was an integrator or a segmenter um it got kind of interesting because what they found was that the psychological detachment piece really only had an impact on the integrators meaning hmm. if you go through a mindfulness intervention and you're an integrator you see that higher psychological detachment at the end of your work day than you would mm-hmm. if you were not practicing mindfulness. So there wasn't really a difference with segmenters, but it was specific to integrators. Huh. And the other, the work-family conflict and the pref- and the satisfaction with work-family conflict was the same whether you were a segmenter or an integrator, but the detachments was different. Exactly. Yep. You got it. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So what did they think was explaining why detachment would be more affected by being able to be mindful for someone who likes to integrate. They didn't talk about it in a ton of depth. Um, The couple of things that I was thinking about with this is, you know, if I'm an integrator and I'm comfortable with kind of flexing between the two, I might actually be worse at knowing when to stop, right? Like when's Mm -hmm. the end of the day and I'm done with work and I'm going to stop thinking about it and move to something else and actually detach, relax and et cetera. Cause all those things are still important regardless of how you like to work. So that I think might be part of it, right? It could be that the segmenters are more practiced at creating this detachment for themselves and the integrators aren't. And now they have a tool to help them. Yeah, that makes sense. So if I'm segmenting my day off, I'm actually disconnecting at the end of the day. If I'm integrating, I'm probably continuing into the evening to do work and life stuff. But I have to at some point for my well-being, as we've talked about before with recovery, I should for my well-being at some point just say, okay, and work is now done and I'm moving forward into, you know, attempting to... uh you know, just focus on my own recovery time as opposed to continuing to answer emails or doing things that I might do throughout the day. So you're lacking recovery time and mindfulness helps you to detach to be able to do that. Exactly. Yep. Okay, cool. So that's really interesting. It is interesting. I really liked it because I was like, okay, so basically it's saying mindfulness is good for everybody. But if you're an Mm -hmm. integrator, and you're probably working later hours, you know, or doing something like that, maybe maybe you should really focus on practicing mindfulness so that you can disconnect and, like, create some boundaries. Even if they're more fluid than your segmenter friends, you can still create a few boundaries. So you're not ruminating at night because you're thinking about work all the time. Like, there should be a space where you recover from that work. And this kind of leads and points to the idea that mindfulness can help you get there. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a really interesting takeaway because that seems like a really important thing for organizations to understand that, A, mindfulness is important for individual employees to understand, hey, you want to have a way to improve your work-life balance, satisfaction, and your actual work-life conflicts. A good way to do that might be to take up mindfulness practice, even if that's not something that's offered by the organization. And then particularly for people like us, 
who may be less likely to know when to cut themselves off from doing work because even if you like to integrate your work with your life, at some point your work should stop and you shouldn't be working all day, even if you're mixing it with other stuff, that it helps in making sure that we actually do that. So specifically, if you're an integrator and you're listening, a mindfulness practice might be particularly helpful. And if you're a manager and you're listening or a leader and you're listening, putting mindfulness practice or offering mindfulness practice or giving people time to practice mindfulness during the day will be useful for everyone, but especially for your integrators. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it does have some big, big takeaways for not just individuals, but organizations and how they can handle um, work-life balance for all people. And I think it's also, since this is our first time talking about integrators and segmenters on the podcast, I do think it's also important for leaders and organizations alike to recognize that there are different ways that people prefer to work. And we've talked about flexibility a ton, right? We've talked about that a bunch in the podcast and, you know, in our articles. Flexibility ties into this concept really well, too, because we need to be allowing people to work the way that is best for them because we see that there's a lot of positive benefits for that. And um, and we can make sure that our, you know, our segmenters are taken care of. They don't have to work weird hours. And then also allowing our integrators to take chunks of time in the middle of the day to do whatever they got to do because you know they're going to get their work done just not in the middle of the day right so yeah thinking about how you can be flexible to both types of people is also I think an important message in this article just because like I said we haven't really talked about that concept that much is it true I could be totally wrong about this but is it (laughs) true that there are more integrators than segmenters I don't know I've heard people say that before but I don't think I've seen any statistics on it. Yeah, that would be interesting because I was thinking if it works more for integrators than for segmenters and there are more segmenters or integrators, that would be even better, right? Like your workplace would have even more of a reason to put mindfulness in place because they would know that it help, especially helps an even broader group of employees. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not sure, though, what the cut like the breakdown is between the two. But I will say that as we're talking about these two groups, if all the leaders are integrators, I think you actually run a higher risk of burning out segmenters than if you have all of your leaders as segmenters Mm -hmm. managing integrators. Um, Because yeah, if you're an integrator and you're expecting people to work weird hours because you work weird hours, that's particularly detrimental for those segmenters. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I think as a leader, if you're a leader and you're listening, you should take stock of, you know, where you fall and make sure that you're not trying to influence everyone to be like you in that and let people disconnect at night, log off at a time and not have to come back because you sent them a Slack message at 7 p.m. Like just schedule it for later. We've talked about this before, right? Like how can you help encourage people to manage work and life better. And I think this is particularly relevant if you've got some segmenters on your team. Yeah, I really like that takeaway. I think that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of times people don't even think about it because they just think however they like to work is probably how everybody else likes to work. So even just being aware that there's variability around this, I think is really helpful so that you're not just assuming that what you like to do is what everyone would like to do because that's not true. 
Exactly. Yeah. And you don't want to, you know, burn out certain people just because, just because they don't like to work the same way you do. They might work just as hard or just as many hours, but they don't want to do it the way you do it. And then you see them differently or you cause burnout. Um, so I think just being aware is really important too, because then if you're a segmenter, now here's the flip side. If you're a segmenter leader and your integrators log off and you don't see them online for like an hour or two at a time in the middle of the day, you might start thinking they're slacking off, but actually they're going to get to it. Just not during the time that you normally would do it. Right. Yep. Making sure that if at the end of the day, everyone's got done what they've got to get done, then who cares when they did it? Exactly. So really focusing on the outcomes um, and less about when and how exactly people are doing their work. That's awesome. That's super exciting. Well, I love this article. Is there anything else from the article that we should know? I don't think so. I think I kind of think I got it all. But the um, other fun news is that this article is open source. So you can all go and read it if you want to um, and see their... They're pretty little graphs and all that stuff. <laughs> so go get your article, people. Yes. So I will put a link to that. And like I said, I'll also link to the article that has the questions for segmentation preference at the in the appendix. Um, that one's also open. So you can go in and actually look at the questions yourself and kind of evaluate where you fall and figure out what that means for you. Woot woot. That's exciting. So you'll know which one you are. You can know how much mindfulness will help you. And even if no matter where you fall, you'll know it'll help you a little bit. So try to start integrating some mindfulness into your day and encourage people to integrate mindfulness into their day if you have influence over others at work. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we'd love to hear from all of you listeners. If you have any questions, thoughts, if you want to share, whether you're an integrator or a segmenter, please do so. You can find us on our website, workerbeing.com. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. And you can find us on social media at workerbeing on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, we have our courses up on our website. So if you're interested in learning more about managing stress or creating a sustainable life, um, a work life for yourself, please check those out. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson. Oh.